Welcome to Watch What Crappens, a podcast about all that crap on Bravo that we just love to talk about. I'm Ben Mandelker, and today joining me is the wonderful and hilarious Mr. Ronnie Karam. Hi, Ronnie. How are Hi. you? Hi. Happy Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Day. Oh, yes. Yes. Big day. It's so nice to have the Salt Lake City ladies back. There's been so much drama on Beverly Hills. I feel like it's actually kind of overshadowed the fact that Salt Lake City, the winning show in the 2022 crappies, is back. I'm so excited. It's back. It's back. And it's not, this show's not fucking around. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. It's just as messy as we all remember it, although slightly less kooky now that Mary Cosby's gone, but that's okay. Uh, but before we get into it, this episode is Crappens On Demand. Go to patreon.com slash watch And if you support on the Crappens On Demand level, you don't just hear us doing this podcast. You can watch along with us, which is always really fun. Um, and there's also bonus episodes. There's a Discord server. It's a whole Crappens experience. So come join uh, we always appreciate the support. We really do. Um, and also, we have Winter's Crappening. If you are a House of the Dragon fan, and that's getting huge numbers, it's like the it's one of the most watched shows right now. It's like 30 million per episode. So we know that a bunch of you are watching it. We recap that too. Uh, that's on our Winter is Crappening feed. We release those recaps on Monday on Winter is Crappening. And then we release them on Tuesday here on the Crappens feed. So if you want to get early access to them, go subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, wherever you are, just subscribe. And um, you'll get those recaps for free. Not free, but I mean, yeah, they are for free, but you get them early, I meant to say. And that's basically it. So with also take a seat on Mondays. So come join us for that. We can talk about this premiere on Spotify Live Monday night. But enough. Enough about all that stuff. It's time for us to get back into the Real Housewives of Salt Lake Toddlers, okay? This episode is titled Revenge Marks the Spot. Um, first <laughs> thing I have to say, <laughs> Meredith's face is so pretty. I mean, she's always pretty, but, you know, she's one of those housewives that's just going to come on with a new damn face every season, okay? Yeah. And, Keep this one. This is a keeper. Don't go change it and get all crazy like everybody else. This is it. Okay. This is the right sweater. It's the right face sweater. Keep it. <laughs> I agree. It looks it looks really it's nice. It's buffed. It's polished. It's it's got all, all the things going for it. So great work there. Um the episode opens up. Uh we see this kind of like grainy footage of Salt Lake City, and it's like Salt Lake City, 2019. And it's like Jen Shaw holding a slate, like <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what action does to me and um it's like basically they're casting tapes for the show and we're seeing uh, all the cast members in more innocent times when they just love each other and i guess 
believe that reality television is not going to just destroy all their friendships <laughs> right and lives. and lives and jen's like what i've done for the last 20 years is direct response marketing i make millions <laughs> hey you gotta do what you gotta do for money i'm like the wizard of oz and then we see Meredith being like, Lisa and I met at the first Sundance that I lived in Utah. And she, I know she has my back. And I know she wants what's best for me and for Seth and my sweet little 22-year-old toddler, Brooksy. And I know there's no ulterior motive there. I like how she says ulterior. She says, I know there's no ulterior motive there. Yeah, she does. Ulterior. And then Lisa, sipping from a big gulp, is like, oh, uh, she was like, oh, my God, I love you. And I was like, I feel the same about her. And I just want to make sure she's Meredith all the time because she's super consistent. She's a great person. And then we have Whitney. Heather and I have been friends for, yeah, yeah, I was from the top. Heather and I have been friends. For, for years and we're actually cousins blood blood bloodline cousins as opposed to you know <laughs> robot cousins <laughs> people Sorry. who both like croissant cousins i mean i don't know what she was <laughs> she was gonna go for there something and doesn't add up Heather's like, she's, like, the best person I know. She's, like, such a good friend to me. She never explodes on me. I can tell her anything I want, critical or otherwise. And I know she'll listen, and we're just going to talk it all out. I'm like, as long as we're doing the casting tapes, can we see Mary's, too? <laughs> can, yeah. Can what we the get hell? Mary being, like, jelly beans? Well, like yeah. Can we get Mary being, like, I... Talk to the people in my closet because they're there. Mice are Jesus's messengers, and they're gonna eat your toes if you have diabetes. <laughs> so then, um, now it's 2022. So much has changed in the world. Actually, a lot has changed in the world. Let's be honest. But um, now it's now we see flashes of things to like. It's not really the trailer, but it's like things that are gonna go awry this season. So we see Coach Shaw being like. Her time is coming. I just can't lie to you. This is a test for all of us. And then Jen going, I want to fucking kill myself. Everything has been taken away from me. Uh, really? Didn't you use all of her retirement funds? Maybe this is not the person you should be crying to. You fucking that case. <laughs> Who does that? And meanwhile, uh, leaves her Trixie mother broke and destitute and then has the nerve <laughs> to scream about how everything's been taken from her. Really, Jen? Wow. <laughs> And then the Trixie monoclacle choir is so on overdrive. This they're it is going nuts. Like during all this, it's going. I mean, it is like breathless and insane. I never fully confided in you, Lisa. Like I never do. <laughs> I was talking to myself. I was ranting like normal people do. Well, to speak about your dear friend that way. Okay. Okay. You are my girl, Heather. Show up for your people then. You are saying our friendship is bullhead. That that hurts me, Heather. <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, I also want to point out that these like very angry moments, these like deep dramatic moments, everyone's in a crazy wig. Like... <laughs> every one of them. Everyone they're in a crazy costume. One they're like, in like Marilyn, Marilyn wigs, like bright Marilyn <laughs> wigs. And then this one, Heather's wearing like some SM, you know, bikini type thing with mesh netting over it and her makeup's all crazy. And she goes, Fuck you for calling me a liar. You lost me, bitch. You lost me. <laughs> so Heather, Heather tells us in her old interview in 2019 but what people really don't know about Salt Lake City is what lies beneath the image of perfection let me say that again god this is unnerving this is so unnerving and then we hear like a boom and then it's like they reset the choir so now it's yeah. back to me like I know these these haws are turning into a real housewife just by the third season they're insane you know no. what happened to the choir the choir is all accusing each other of shit you know sleeping with each other's choir husbands uh, so now Whitney's doing like a sound bath thing last season you did mention that Whitney had helmet hair and I missed it because I didn't totally understand what you were talking about. But I, was this the helmet hair you were talking about? Yeah, she has a rectangle head. It's so funny. Yeah, so, it looks like um like an old knight. Like, you know, the knights that are about to go jousting where they, they it's like round and comes down. But then it's like there's like a cutout here, like a square cutout for their face to be like, I'm going to challenge you, Sarah John. You know? Well, you know how people say when you have a flat back of your head, it's because you weren't picked up enough. Like your, your parents just left you in the crib all the time, which, by the way, I totally get. I'm not trying to shame any parents. I think Whitney was like putting a box you know she's like kind of just <laughs> relaxed her head formed in like a shoe box or something because she has a rectangle head so she she's was wedged doing... between two stripper poles <laughs> she does uh bowl set she does that bowl sound thing she's like dong mm. she's like ah. <laughs> and then heather comes over and of course like whitney i just can't with people who do sound baths in their living room i'm sorry it doesn't work okay you're just crazy yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. If you find yourself doing that at home, find a therapist. That's what you need. <laughs> Sound bath. Yeah, or an Integratron or something. So then Jen is uh Jen's at home doing her makeup and then like everyone's just like doing little things. And then Lisa's walking around, she's like, Hey John Typical Lisa shows up like this, holding a big gulp this big, as big as this gallon. Just holding it up so we make sure the camera sees it, you know? And I love Lisa thinks that she's being filmed only in her face. She's lifting it up right next to her face. She's like, John! Wearing sunglasses. Hi, back, John. I'm going to lunch. Bye. And he's like, oh, yeah. How do you feel about going to lunch? I'll tell you when I'm done. I love Diet Coke. <laughs> so now Meredith is in her car and she's FaceTiming her assistant Truman. She's like, well, now that Brooks doesn't live here anymore, I've got you, Truman. Hey, Why would I'm you get my- an assistant named Truman? Do you guys learn anything? Have you ever read a book? Truman Capote was the worst about hanging out with Real Housewives and then telling all of their shit to everybody else. If your name is Truman and you're trying to be a Housewives assistant, I would say no to you right away. That's bad numerology. Also, there's Truman of the Truman Show who didn't even realize he was on TV. So now you definitely know your secrets aren't safe because he's not even going to realize cameras are rolling when he says half his things. Uh, so Meredith's like, well, I'm on my way to meet, have, meet someone for lunch. I'm probably going to be unreachable for a few hours. 
So if people are calling me, just say, I wasn't sure whether mirror would be available. We never had that conversation in the first place. And this big meeting is between Lisa and Jen Shaw. It's like, John, John, John. <laughs> and Meredith's jaw is just popping all over. She's like, I won't be reachable. What's going on, Allie Shady? So Jen's like, oh my god, you were literally around the corner. She's like, I wasn't kidding when I said I was around the corner, Jen. Yeah, it's a big fake out because you th- you think that Meredith is going to be meeting up with Lisa. But when she gets out of the car, with and her jacket is like flowing out of the car. She's this big. <laughs> it's just, it's the classic Meredith Marks thing where she has like this elegant, um, you know, well, I shouldn't say that. It's more like a a big flourishy. What a, I can't use my words, but a big over the top sort of train kind of moment. Getting out of this SUV in like a suburban, like just like it's like at Michael's, you know. And so then, um, uh, but she's meeting up with Jen Shaw, not with Lisa, which is the big twist. And in fact, it's Heather meeting with Lisa for lunch. So it's like, ooh, things have changed. Salt changed City. alliances. So Meredith and Jen are at the spot, and Meredith's like, if someone asked me eight months ago if I was going to hang out with Jen, I would have said not while I've got a toddler at home. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and then um, Jen's like, miracles do happen. So then Meredith and says, then we see the clips of the past. Did you call my toddler a sissy bitch? <laughs> no, it's on your Twitter, Jen. Well, when Jen and I were in LA, I think she got an understanding of everything I went through last winter. And we see a flashback to the reunion where she's basically like saying all the stuff that she was going through. So everything hit her so much harder. And Jen, I, I think Jen just said like, I understand that. So, so apparently that's good enough for Meredith now. Um, also, Jen is wearing emerald green, which is the color the high towers put on the beacon when they're declaring war. For anyone oh. who watches House of the Dragon. So back. Jen's like, cheers, cheers. Here's to a new year and to do us. And Meredith's like, yeah, no more fighting. Only upwards and onwards from now on. Yeah, Meredith is like, you know, it was a tough winter for both of us. I mean, I had a friend who talked behind me behind the door and you had to face the possibility of going away for 30 years, which may be the rest of your life and never seeing your family again. Tough winter for both of us. (laughs) 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 Meredith can go fuck herself. I'm done with her because I'm not a fucking whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb fucking family that poses. Why don't you own a house? Oh, wait, you can't because your husband changes jobs every five minutes. Meredith is a piece of fucking shit. I hit your back and I'm offended by that. Fuck you. Fuck that piece of shit garbage whore. I fucking hate her. She's a whore. She fucked with half of New York. She can go fuck herself. It was a tough winter for me having to hear that, (laughs) but still getting to be a free woman. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the monologue that will live on in infamy. Oh, so good. So then, uh, yeah, Jen has, so then Meredith's like, well, you know, it's been a process talking about this monologue and everything. She's like, and I'm dealing with it in so many ways. And Jen is like, well, I've been going through so much too. I mean, my trial starts in like a month and a half. And like, I'm trying to plan a birthday party for Coach Shaw just to show how much I appreciate him. And like. I was planning on fighting Lisa and John. I hope that's okay. Mm. 
Um, and then we go to Lisa and Heather. And Lisa's like, oh, my God. You know what? Heather's going to take a Vita, too. Heather wants a Vita, right, Heather? I just want Vita. I need Vita. And Heather's like, okay. I mean, I trust I trust Lisa with my alcohol implicitly. And she tells us, I mean, I agreed to meet Lisa because she said she needed me. And Lisa has never needed me. I mean, never needed me. Yeah, the fact that she's scraping the bottom of the barrel to call me probably the last person on earth she wants to call. I mean, if I can do anything of value, I mean, to know that I am basically the last stop on someone's on someone's talk express, that is an honor to me. So, yes, I will meet with her. And it's so Heather, because she's like, if I can do something of value for Lisa, sure, I'll do it. Then maybe. I'm like, you are so sad. You, you're you basically telling us, I know Lisa is just trying to use my ass because no one else will speak to her. I'm in. She's talking to me. <laughs> but on. I know that means she's so desperate. <laughs> That's so weird and she's wearing this show has the funniest interview looks too heather's interview she's wearing this dress that's like slit down to her belly button and what here are chains but they're chains of pearl necklaces that look kind of like ribs i mean this you can't you can't do it better in your head you know what i mean look so Lisa's like, so I need some help with Mardoth. I feel like you're able to navigate difficult situations differently. I mean, I remember you had to figure out that whole Bolero jacket thing. So like, you get it. You understand a sticky situation. And I feel like, I, you know, I feel like you say what you're thinking and you say what you're feeling and you end up fine. And I feel like now I'm like the worst person on earth. It's like I went in with for looking for a dot coke and came out with a dot Pepsi. Okay, I need your advice right now. Should we do a cheers? Let's do a cheers. And Heather's like, oh my god, you've never asked me to cheers before. Okay. Well, look. Um, here's the thing. Um, you were banished. So, what's the most sacred thing to Heather? She's her like, family. Her family. Her family. Her family. Family, family, you came, family for you 500, came, please. You came for her family. You came for her family. <laughs> yeah. I just like how she just jumped in like it was family feud. Family. I choose family. Survey says 100. Yes. So I then, didn't come for a family. I was in a blind rage. So it wasn't intentional. I didn't come for a family on intention because it was blind rage. He was blind. I was blind right now. I'm basically that guy Roy who plays the piano doesn't open his eyes. It's like that. It's like that. Not with as much entertainment. But it was blind rage, blind rage. And Heather's like, yeah, but still. She goes, no, I get it. I get it. This is the moment where I just say I get it to everything. She's like, yeah. <laughs> so now you have to make it right because the reasons you're going to be asked are like, one, um, is that really how you feel about Meredith? What do you think? What do you think, Heather? What do you think? Well, I don't know what to think of how you really feel. It's just, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Listen, I say what I mean unless I'm saying what I mean. And when I was saying that stuff before, blind rage, no, 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 no. So Meredith is, then we go back. And Meredith is like, well, I'm still trying to figure out where I stand on everything. I mean, she completely defamed my character on things that just aren't true. So then you say, where did this come from? Are you listening to rumors and spreading rumors? All these rumors messing with my life. Because at the end of the day, I'm hearing rumors left, right, and center about Lisa. And am I spreading them? No. Will I start spreading them? No. Will I start mentioning them but act like I'm not spreading them? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jen's just smiling like the cat that got a little mouse, you know. She's loving this. And um, Jen's like, yeah, I mean, 
what what uh, Lisa Barlow said about her sister and best friend. <gasps> Meredith needs to monetize that. Make garbage trash whore t-shirts. That's what she needs to do. And when she does, I'm going to have my assistant in her shop right away to steal one for me. <laughs> I don't know if that's Meredith Marks's elegant brand. So Jen's like, of so- course, Jen is suggesting she monetizes other people's quotes too. You know, that's what's <laughs> yeah. so Jen. It's like Jen. The only thing she can think of for Meredith to monetize is something that's stolen. So <laughs> Jen, be- Jen, Jenning. Yes. Okay, that's Jen Jenning. Commercials. Here comes one right now. So Jen's like, well, what rumors are you hearing? And Meredith goes, well, there have been question marks surrounding her own marriage, her business, and her finances. And if I could have made that rhyme, I would have said her deflections, her rejections, and her potential extramarital affairs. Gosh, I still have not been able to get the third rhyme in. Wow. Way to not spread those rumors, Meredith. <laughs> you're, you're really a bigger person right now. I love that. So love she that. tells us, do I want to dig into Lisa? No, I really have no interest in Lisa. Meanwhile, she's wearing like a Star Trek dress, like a purple Star <laughs> Trek dress with one shoulder pad here and the other kind of lopped over and nobody ever tells her, Meredith, your shoulder pad is lopped over. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to dig into Lisa's stuff. I really have no interest, but if you're going to sit there and talk bad about everyone else, fair game at this point. Fair? Fair yeah. game. And she's like, there are rumors. I'm just not getting into the rumors. And Jen's like, but Lisa's having an affair. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah, Lisa's having an affair. God, me too. This show is so villainous. I just love it. They're just so unashamed of being horrible human beings. (laughs) I know. So back at the other lunch, Heather's like, well, Lisa, even if what you did say was justified, I didn't think it was justified. I didn't think it was justified. Not at all. It's not, look, I don't even, look, I even threw out my my Justin Timberlake album that was called Justified. It's not justified at all. And Heather's like, she tells her, well, you're going to have to eat shit for a long time. You're just going to say, sorry, I was wrong and eat shit. And then Lisa just blinks, you know, like she's not hearing what she wants to hear at all. So she just blinks and reminds herself not to say shit right now. So um, Lisa's like, you know, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Vida, I need more tequila. I hear you. Put some Diet Coke in it. I hear you. Fresh off. Like you see her just breaking down a little bit inside behind the blinks. Yeah, and Heather tells us, um, I don't think humble pie is something Lisa likes to eat, will ever eat, or will for sure never even pretend to enjoy eating. And all three of those things need to occur for her to bridge this gap with Meredith. And then it comes to Lisa. And, you know, whenever they give Lisa a joke line, she's always so unchill about it. She goes... I've eaten so much humble pie. It's amazing. I still fit in this dress. It was like, can you like try not to wink as hard at us while you tell us your joke line? And then for some reason, it just cuts to Meredith. Just she doesn't say anything. It just cuts to her in the hot tub, and she's shrugging like. Yeah. And then they cut away again. <laughs> so then. <laughs> We go to Whitney's kitchen. This dum-dum. Okay, so Whitney's in her kitchen and a normal everyday outfit you wear in your kitchen. Leather jeans and a polka dot sleeveless dress with lace shoulder sleeves. <laughs> you know, just yeah. how we all make our eggs in the morning. And and Bobby is sitting in her chair because she's always sitting at a, on like a stool at the, at the island. And she is writing down pros and cons about guys. Pros. They're athletic and they have good style. 
which maybe talk about. Well, good and style. She, Whitney goes, <laughs> oh, yeah, good style. That's a big one. Um, have you seen Justin? Okay, here he is, because he's in like a very tight Tommy Bahama shirt from five years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then Heather comes over and uh, Whitney's like, uh, get in here. I need you to rest. I need you to rescue me right now. And Heather's like, well, what's going on? She's like, and Bobby's like, well, I'm working on pros and cons about guys. It's like, by the way, it's a good thing Jen Shaw wasn't there because she might have had a conniption fit of hearing the word con. But it, either way, Heather's like, she's like, oh, well, it's hard. To, it's going to be hard for me to get any cons from me about guys, Bobby. God, I'm a regular slut now. God, I'd have bone any one of them. I'm sorry, Bobby. That may have been a little too mature for you. And Whitney's like, she is completely and utterly boy crazy right now. And Heather says, sixth grade? I remember sixth grade. Just kidding. Just kidding. I just lifted up my shirt. I'm just kidding. I'm not a good time girl. Not a good time girl. And Whitney's yeah. like, wait a minute. I didn't have my first kiss until I was 15. Bobby's like, that's too long. So then Whitney tells us, I was a good little Mormon girl. I followed all the rules. I was not interested in boys until the uh, the Mormon handbook told me I could be. And then when I was, I thought to myself, something's not adding up. And Bobby's like, um, yeah, I mean, I just put doesn't listen to me as a con. And Heather goes, honey, take that off your list. You don't want someone that does exactly what you say. And she tells us, Bobby Rose has some ridiculously high standards. I mean, I just want to take a Sharpie and say, never going to get it. Never going to get it. Settle, 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 settle. (laughs) I mean, don't you want to be like your mom? (laughs) Settle, settle, settle. Come on now. So funny. So, and Heather's like, um, okay, you can dress a guy, so take that one off there. He doesn't have to be well-dressed. And not attractive. Come on. Ugly sex is going to change your life. So <laughs> take that off of there. Okay? You want an <laughs> ugly person that doesn't listen to you and doesn't have a job. That's what you're going for. <laughs> I know. So now, um, one day earlier, uh, we see there's like a random flashback of Whitney and Heather FaceTiming with Heather telling, telling um, Whitney that she's going to meet up with Lisa. And Whitney's eyes be like, what? So now they all go downstairs and they go into the basement and they've made a speakeasy, like bookcases open up <laughs> like the most, like the most, <laughs> like, like plain speakeasy. Some hot speakeasy. speakeasy. They put like fluorescent lighting in their speakeasy <laughs> bar thing. It's like Magnolia home down there. Yeah. So they open up this thing and Heather, she says, do you want rosé or tequila? And she's like, well, you know, in a nod to me being with Keen on Lisa Barlow lately, let's do tequila. And Whitney's like, oh, that's good. Um, because as much as I want to be like, no, girl, run. I guess we need to get over our shit. Yeah. Because Whitney has been on a, she's like, I've been on a healing journey. I've had a big healing session with Megan the other day. It's like, uh, Whitney, you don't actually have to make the flashback noises. The show will do it for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that I, we have a bar in our home and I'm a good Mormon girl, that's a really big deal. <laughs> it's really big so we see this clip with Megan and she's like oh my god this stuff is like staying in your gut and the great thing about drama is clearing out the energy and it allows you to move forward so just think of this trauma and ask it trauma are you still there 
trauma. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, because the great thing about trauma in your early childhood is that, yeah, your life has sucked for so long because of it, but it also allows you to have energy to move forward. So, yeah, let's just brush it out of there. Do you want to buy this bowl? It's $90. It makes sounds. Yeah, that bowl is a really big deal. So then... um. Whitney's telling Heather, it really hit me that one of the biggest wounds I have is the church and this tether. I hope you heard that word. I'm going to use it a lot. I just learned it. Tether. And I came to the realization, close this chapter and ask them to remove my name. That's a tether. <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad that it that Whitney finally came to the realization that the biggest wound in her life is the church. I mean, I kind of, <laughs> that's like, it's like, Hey, um, <laughs> I, I can't even come up with anything comparable. Like your entire storyline has been about leaving the church. Of the exactly. I, I know, just realized a- I've been damaged by the church. <laughs> yeah. So Heather's like, well, I mean, well, Heather, whose story really has been this, is mortified, right? She's like, well, if you do that, what changes in your day-to-day life? She's like, nothing really. I mean, right now, my name is in the church books, and I have a bar in my basement. But then, if I get my names taken off of the books, I'm going to have a bar in my basement. Heather's like, <laughs> yeah, so why do you need to do it? And Whitney's like, Having my name on the records of the Mormon church means they're still tracking what I'm doing and they still send people to my house and they install Tetherball. And it's just, (laughs) and I It's a tether. It's a tether, (laughs) Heather. Oh my God, that rhymes. And Justin goes, yeah, but to know Whitney is to know the freedom that comes with release. Like, okay, we don't need to talk about your ED right now, sir. Okay. Another time, we're talking about religion. Let's keep things separated. And Winnie so, says, she's like, talks about Mormonism, and she goes, the treatment of women alone. I mean, women are subordinate to men. I want to break that. She literally goes, subordinate. I want to break that because I am a woman, a non subordinate woman. Yeah. And I can do whatever I want. She goes, I'm a woman? Yes, Whitney, you're a woman. <laughs> And I'm a woman, and I can do what I want to, because I'm a woman. Yes, Whitney, congrats. So <laughs> Heather goes, okay. But when you do this, you're saying, I choose outer darkness and no communion with God over being remembered as a member of the Mormon church. And she tells us, you know, the Mormons believe that our names are recorded in a ledger for God. And when you have your name removed, it's like a steel door on that version of heaven forever. It's okay. We got patio lights, so we don't have... It's okay. No, outer darkness is not a literal thing, Whitney. Oh, oh, well, that's okay. We like our lights anyway. I love that when people talk about heaven, they're like, oh my God, heaven is paradise. You're not judged. You're not judged at all. And the second you get to heaven, you have to wait to see if you're on a list. I mean, what the (laughs) fuck? Well, I, I also like... I feel like this scene they're setting up okay this is Whitney's journey the entire season is going to be Whitney you know going around telling her family she's going to quit or something like that and it's going to culminate with her having to go and meet and having this moment and it's going to be dramatic and it's going to be emotional and difficult process and then she goes I just have to go to quitmormon.com I was like oh 
I love quitmormon.com. They really do have a site for everything. Uh, So Heather's like, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt when I hear her thinking this, like, I think, can I ever do this? I mean, and there's a form that says, I demand you delete my records within five days. And Heather is crying (laughs) and she's saying, like, without my dad gone, I still want to be a good daughter. And my mom's not speaking to me. I still want to be a good daughter. (gasps) But I don't know if my family would recover if they know I took myself off the Mormon list. I mean, I've already done so much shitty things, so many shitty things to Mormonism. That would be like the final knife in their back. Yeah, and um, and then but then Whitney pulls out the letter. She prints out the letter. She's like, "Heather, this is the letter." <laughs> and Heather goes, "The letter to get rid of the tether, Heather. It's a le- uh, it's a it's a non-tether letter, Heather." Should I serve it in leather? And um, <laughs> Heather's like, "You printed it." She goes, "Yeah." And then there's this drama music, and Heather hands her a pen, and Justin's like, "Do you think there's anything you need right now, babe?" How about a little release? Not now, Justin. I cannot sign this fast enough. Heather, thank you for being here for me. I know you hate it when I get mushy and feely. And she's like, just bring it in. And I love that Whitney signs this paper so proudly in her home speakeasy. She's like, I am leaving Mormonism. Signed from my speakeasy. We have alcohol here. (laughs) Oh, wait. This is just my Sam's Club renewal form. Oh, man. And Heather goes, you are totally fearless, and you're not afraid of the outer dark. Wow. <laughs> see you never in eternity. So then, um, <laughs> then we see a deer grazing, which was nice as a reminder that Potomac is coming up. And now Jen is in her new humble home, her new rental, a little brick house, little brick house, little tiny little brick house. It's basically is adorable, a good person's house, the house that only good people, good, honest, innocent citizens would live in. Yeah, she's like, I've been adjusting because we went from 9,000 square feet to half of that. I was like, so you live in a 4,500 square foot home and I'm supposed to fucking cry for you? Oh, Seriously. My God. <laughs> she's like, I went from a Barbie dream house closet to a normal dream house closet. And, you know, but Coach Shaw was the voice of reason and like in our marriage, and he sat down and discussed this. And we get that scene where he's like, we have to downsize. I'm not going to. Yell at you because we're on camera. Yeah, that advice is coming 10 years too late. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And so she's like, "Um, yeah, in addition to the shit house, I had to downsize the Shaw Squad. So I'm doing my best. That's all I can say. For example, how does this fireplace work? I mean, (laughs) am I supposed to know how to do this? Am I right? Am I right? So then Coach Shaw walks in, walking like Frankenstein. He's like, uh, 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 uh. He's like, gotta film a scene. Yeah, and, he's miserable uh, and exhausted. I mean, this guy is just like, oh, my God, can I get a coffee? It would be nice to get a coffee. It would be really nice. Because let's talk about your party. It's like, great, we can talk about more ways you're going to spend money when I'm the only <laughs> one making it in this family. Great, honey. I can't yeah. wait to talk about this. So she starts talking about her friend Angie, which is not the Angie from last season. This is like new Angie. And uh, she went to college with Angie. Uh, and the reason why we're bringing up Angie is because she's going to be throwing the party for Coach Shaw. They're going to use her nice house. Uh, and Angie also went to high school with Heather. So she has links to this cast. And um, Jen, she's like, you know, I'm used to hosting parties in my house. But like every penny is literally going to fight my case. Because you might not think of this, but I can operate on a budget. I can be innocent on a budget. I'm an innocent person on a budget. Well, obviously, you're not doing that well on a budget because you need to get your nails filled. 
They do a close-up of her nails. So she's like, the theme of the party is Harlem Nights because you love that movie. And he goes, uh, honey, honey, you do realize that we're in Utah and that movie is in Harlem. Not a lot of black folks here, honey. Are we just going to import black people? She goes, yeah. <laughs> do we Do we really want to yeah. risk Whitney showing up in blackface? We know this might happen, right? I and know. Like, Throwing a Harlem Nights <laughs> theme party thinking. in Utah? I, like, I mean, you're just, I feel like you're just throwing a worm in the water. You know? It's going to be, <laughs> like, there'll be some problematic things happening. Amazingly yeah. not, doesn't happen. But she's like, no, we're going to import black people. So... Then basically they're going to invite like his fraternity brothers and family, etc. So um, he's like, oh, okay, I guess. So she's she's like going to invite Heather and Whitney, and but she and she wants to invite Lisa and John, but Meredith is going to be there too. And he's like, well, listen, listen, I don't want this party to be a platform for somebody to confront something. You know, oh, I need to tell her how I feel. Like do that somewhere else because. You know, there are a lot of things that are more important than that. And we want to have a good time. I'm like, excuse me, Coach Shaw. What is your definition of a good time? Isn't it watching two people like fight at your party? That is the definition of a good time. I know. Your job is like people physically throwing each other down and giving each other brain damage. At least her job is just, you know, figuratively. Come yeah. on. Well, who are you to judge? So Jen's like, my trial date is in seven weeks. And I'm like the only defendant. That is still going to trial. Like, I have no idea what's going on with the other defendants or why they took a plea deal. But uh, to turn on you, why the fuck do you think? How stupid do you think we are? By the way, in case anybody doesn't keep up, Jen pleaded guilty and very, very guilty. Okay. She had to specify every last thing she did wrong. So while she spouts all this bullshit during the season, just know that. (sighs) Just know that. Yeah, that's the direction it's going to be going. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's basically like saying uh, that they have to get ready for the trial. So now Meredith and Seth are at home unpacking groceries, being just happy, fun couple in their new house. And Meredith's like, Seth, why did you get ramen noodles? Did you think that we're college students or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you send the guy to the grocery store, and this is what you're going to get, guys, am I right? You know, for a guy who can't keep a job, this is what we eat, jelly and ramen noodles. (laughs) Remember that rumor about how I can't keep a job? (laughs) But I mean jelly. You got jelly, Seth? God, you're crazy i'm like these are two people who've never been to the supermarket or perhaps even eaten anything because i don't understand the shaming of jelly i feel like jelly is like such a normal grocery like it's not, it's not like a strange extravagance at all and she's like wow you got jelly wow that is a crazy crazy thing well it's definitely what he shops for when he's in ohio right it's like ramen noodles peanut butter and jelly you know that's what you're gonna have <laughs> So he's like, so where do you want to trench down, babe? And she's like, I'm having fun being an empty nest wanderer. We're enjoying going wherever we want, despite what Lisa says. I can own multiple homes. Now that the kids are out of the house and daycare, uh, Seth is working remotely watching the nanny cam. We can go to Paris or Milan or Milan if you want to. So she says what she's really mad at Lisa about is that it's your life she's talking about. It's 4,000 employees that you have. That could affect their livelihood. 
time. He does not have 4,000 employees. No, he doesn't. I don't believe this for a second. Last I saw, he was trying to be a life coach. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, people with 4,000 employees don't feel the need to become a life coach. Everybody I know who becomes a life coach is a broke ass. Everybody. Yeah. And by the way, um, you know what else could ruin your career and put 4,000 employees at risk? Ceaselessly talking about your wife's friend's boobs and burying her head in the boob cake and being, <laughs> being a total creep. That could do right. it, too. But Meredith is pissed because they didn't take a long break before the last season in this. They shot it, did the reunion, and shot again. Like, they have not had any break to cool down, so she is pissed. She's like, well, that is pretty self-centered. What does Seth do? I mean, what does her husband do? Really? What does he do for a living? Other than follow Lisa Ballo around. They probably like this jelly. We should probably send it to that jelly eater. (laughs) I wasn't ready for this jelly. And then we see a montage of John just following Lisa around for two years. (laughs) I need a Diet Coke. I want Taco Bell. Get two tables and four chairs. It's cold. You do it, John. I'm not going to be out here. You do it, John. Commercials. Here comes one right now. I hear that they own a distillery in Mexico. Have they ever gone to Mexico since we met them? I mean, she's questioning our finances, and yet I see SEC documents that I totally did not look up in at all because I'm not into looking up dirt, but I did just happen to turn on the TV and it was the SEC document program and they were profiling <laughs> this document that showed that their company's not making any money. In fact! And she's going on and on and Seth's nervous. He's like scratching his head and scratching. It's like, oh God, please, let's stop digging into each other. And Meredith is like, well, it's a document anyone can read. And it just shows some bylaws were crowdfunding for their business. And it showed that in 2018, they were in debt. And it shows us the paper and it's like 25 grand. I mean, 25 grand <laughs> isn't that bad, you know? For business, I mean, yeah. Compared to the other cast members you have on this show, one of whom you're becoming bed buddies with this season, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, Sonia Morgan, I mean, she sort of set the bar for what debt we, we expect on Erica television. Erica beat it. Erica beat it. Erica beat it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The point is we need to see a, a seventh figure, even a sixth figure, but 25,000 in 2018. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm I'm down for the <laughs> yeah. spirit of it all. I appreciate her going into the SEC filings. Me too. And so acting like, like she doesn't dig up stuff. As if just going to get a, a file from the SEC is just a simple, easy thing. <laughs> so she's like, well, she's busy questioning our relationship. Affairs, cheating, whatever you want to call it. And she's sleeping with people because there's these rumors flying around about her. And she tells us she shows this life of perfection. But what she hears about Lisa is not so great. I have never exchanged sex for money. That's what a whore is. Maybe someone else has. I don't know. Bruce is like, are you insinuating that Lisa slept with someone for money? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just saying they were in debt in 2018, according to the SEC. And according to the whore CEC, there was $25,000 of payments made to her vagina. I don't know. That's just what I saw in a document that was public. So then, um, it's like hard rock calls. By the way, I I do want to say, sorry to interrupt. 
that when she shrug when Meredith shrugs and it's like I don't know she drinks from an I love New York mug which I feel like was a coded reference to uh, Mer- Meredith slept with all of New York City I feel like that's mm-hmm. what that was I think she was her mm-hmm. like little sight gag yeah um, so Whitney's getting dressed um, uh-huh. and she I don't care I, I'm not sure how <laughs> concise these buns are gonna work like I don't care I don't know why I'm writing stuff. Oh, they're talking about pasties. And so they're shoving pasties in front of her boobs. And then we go to Meredith and Seth getting dressed for the big party. And Seth is like, what's the theme? What is it, Brooklyn Nights? Guys don't remember things. I mean, Brooklyn Nights. (laughs) Hilarious. God, how funny. He can't remember at all. And then we see uh, there's like a... A pianist playing at Angie's house, and Angie's like overseeing everything, making sure. Yeah, Angie okay. didn't get the memo on the Harlem Nights party. Okay, there's like tiny little sushi canapes, and the music is like. Yeah, they did to like set the, up the little bandstand, those like 1920s bandstands. You know those things. Yeah, did Angie always... read the Evite? Why'd she get the piano player from Nordstrom's? What's happening? <laughs> I know. And uh, Heather's talking about how she knew she's known Angie since she was like 15. And, and Angie was the coolest girl at the 10 year reunion, I guess, because she's wealthy and stuff. So and then, then we see pictures of Angie in high school. And wow, talk about who's doing the faces out there. I mean, good Lord, did you just drop the woman off of the counter, grab the back of her head and sew? I mean, what what's happening? It doesn't look like the same person. No. So then um, Lisa, Lisa, wrote, oh, my God. This is so pretty. It sounds like there's a lot of fun happening. I love that. I love that. I hope it's fully catered. I love that. I don't even know what I'm walking into at this point. I know if the roles were reversed, I would be open to hearing the apology. But, you know, I wouldn't throw away a 10-year relationship over one bad mama. Just one black, bland, like, blind, ranting moment. That's all. Just ranting to myself. And so then she walks so, in and she's like, hi, you look gorgeous. Hi, yeah. you're gorgeous too. Hi, Heather, you look good. And Heather's like, oh my God, you've never said that to me at a party before. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And then Coach and Jen arrive and everyone claps. And Lisa's like, oh my God, I should have worn sequins. Like everyone's sparkling except for my. And then there's like more hugs and more hugs. And now Meredith and Seth arrive. And it's like, dun, 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 Meredith. In the same room as Lisa Barlow. Yeah. And Lisa's talking to somebody at the party. She's like, oh, yeah, it's doing great. We're doing a hard salsa right now. It's like crazy. And then Meredith is meeting people and whatever. Party starts. So there's like craps tables set up and all this stuff. And Sharif is talking to Seth and Heather. And Sharif is like, uh, does does your baby love Santa Barbara, Heather? She's like, oh, yeah, loves it there. He's like, yes, mama. She's like, straight A's. Yes, mother. You're a mother. Yes, that's going great. Does she have five closets? Is that just Jen? It's a lot of closets. It's a lot of closets, honey. It's a lot of closets. Poor Sharif. Like, snap out of it, Sharif. It's going to be okay for you. It's going to yeah. be okay for you. And then... um. Big Baby is there, who's a basketball, former basketball player. And so Heather's like eyeing him and she's like, the upgrade from Big Daddy to Big Baby is like going from a Shirley Temple to a Pina Colada. <laughs> I was like, well, 
<laughs> I think until he starts talking to you, which he doesn't seem to do this entire episode, I don't think you get to talk about upgrading from Big Daddy to Big Baby yet. Also, she goes from a child drink to a child drink with like a little alcohol in it. You know? I, I know. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what's not an upgrade. Big Baby's Blazer did not support it. There was a lot of business on the back. It was it's hard really... for it's hard for a man who's eight feet tall and wide. It's not He's easy rich. out there. He can he can he can get a tailor made. Like that was ridiculous. There was like there was way too much pizzazz on the back there. <laughs> so then uh, Heather is talking to Meredith, and she's like, "Um, yeah, we haven't. I I met with Lisa, and I haven't really had a chance to talk to you about that. But like, I just don't want to burn the burden the night. You know, I'm just glad you're here. So I'm just here to start to stir the ship, but I'm not gonna." finished during the show i I'm, i can just wait I'll, I'll be over there oh i just wanted to say lisa said hi to me and i'm looking great this never happened it has never <laughs> happened literally well i don't think it's a big deal when i'm here right now what is a big deal is that seth bought jelly can you believe that seth bought jelly wow we're just a regular american couple and Heather's like, no, it is a huge deal. It is a huge deal. Well, if anyone should be wallowing and crying in the corner, it's not me. I didn't do anything wrong. I'll tell you who should be wallowing. Someone who might, may or may not be a prostitute. I'm just saying. I've heard things. And Heather's like, yeah, she's a woman of principle, but there is a Mormon proverb that says, where much is given, much is expected. So if you've given 10 years, you're expected to at least have a conversation about the friendship. Also, if you've given a few hours to a party, meatballs are expected. Thank you. Just want to put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, other, you know, party scenes are playing crafts. People are hugging. And then uh, it's time for Jen to give a speech, which, of course, is Jen. So, Jen, this year was very special. And it's important for me to, like, show you how much I love you and appreciate you. Like, I know we've been through a lot because, like, of everything we've been going through. Like, everything we've been going through. Like, you guys to, like, be here and support us and celebrate us. Like, yes, Jen, we support you. We saw an old person outside. Knock them down and take their purse, Jen. We love you. You're all fucking (laughs) disgusting that you're sitting around celebrating Jen who did that to old people. That is horrible. Shame on all of you. Shame. Listen, shame. No one, no one said that. You know that like her son was in the back of the party with like a boombox pressing play of Jen being like, "We love you, Jen. We love you, Jen." (laughs) Pre-recorded support. So um, anyway, then the coach is like, you know, the one thing that can bring me to tears uh, is almost instantly is thinking of my life without my wife by my side. Happy. Happy tears. I know. So then, he's <laughs> going to be like, he's going to be crying, all right. He's going to be like, thank you, God. Just throwing shit into boxes. Like, thank <laughs> you. And then I thought this was funny. The show started to play um, Just a Gigolo. Did you notice that? Like, as the, uh, the, the playing jazzy music. And I, I thought, like, this That's is such funny. an appropriate song because it's about a criminal. <laughs> It's about um, it's it's about someone whoring themselves out, and it's also like the most like Jen Shaw song. I don't got nobody, nobody, nobody loves me, nobody wants me. They should have done that all in Haas. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
Uh, and it's also, you know, what he's going to be once she's away. So then um, <laughs> Seth and John are hugging. So it's really awkward, right? And John especially is really awkward. Because Seth, you know, Seth's being kind of cool about it. And John's just like looking around like, oh, Lisa might see this. Lisa might see this. And Seth's like, hey, you look good. And he's like, uh, you in town long? I mean, if you can break away, be sure to let me know. Sure, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be somewhere if you can break away. Because <laughs> John already has a base level of awkwardness, even in the best scenario, like even in best conditions, like a very warm, open environment. So to be in this situation, he's like, <sighs> Seth's like, yeah, you know, whatever our wives were up to, you know, that's their thing. But like you and I, and John goes, yes, uh huh. Yes. Yeah, but our relationship, like, I'm not accountable for Mare's behavior. I know you're not accountable for Lisa's behavior. And he's like, mm-hmm, for sure. Right. For sure. And then he does, like, a really awkward pat on Seth's shoulder. Like, right. Okay. You're, I'm talking to a dead person right now. So <laughs> I can't. I'm seeing ghosts. Okay. Can't talk to you. He goes, never change. Never change. <laughs> I like your tie. I like your tie. So now there's like more dancing and now Lisa is, <laughs> some of them are sitting outside at like a blackjack table and Lisa joins us. Hi, hi, what, what, if, like, uh, what if I have the king guys? What if I have the king? Which barely makes any sense. They're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. What if I have a king? <laughs> and Heather's like, so are you going to say anything to Meredith or Seth? And she's like, uh, I don't think the time is right. She goes, yeah, yeah, it's not about that. I mean, you could say something. You could. You look great, Heather. Oh my God, thank you. You've never said that to me. <laughs> You're so cool. I'm playing blackjack with Lisa Barlow. Well, you know what? Um, she just really needs us to be there for her. Um, I guess Jen. I'm talking about Jen. I remembered. So I have an idea. Let's go to Scottsdale, Arizona. They're like, yay. <laughs> I'm going all in on this trip. And so she goes over it. She's like, uh oh, that is not a good sign for this trip. Ha 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 ha. How exciting. We get to have another regional trip in the Southwest on our show. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. This cast is going to be so happy when Jen finally goes to jail and they can leave the country. You know? <laughs> I, know. I hope they get the best. I hope they get a whole European vacation. Go everywhere. You know, you guys have they deserve even been it. Able, have they even been able to make it to the East Coast? They've gone to Las Vegas. They've gone. They've gone to Las Vegas. They've gone to Vail. They've gone to like Bryce Canyon. Yeah, it's like it's not not looking good. Yeah, so Lisa passes Meredith and she's like, "Oh my God, hi Meredith!" and hugs her. And Meredith is like, <laughs> she's like, all right, at some point I want to talk to you if you're open to it. She's like, I, I mean, okay. And she tells us, you know what? You had two months to reach out. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I just want you to know I love you. And I'm really, really sorry. And the Meredith tells us, leave me alone. So then, um, and then what? 
Who's did I write heater? That doesn't. Oh, Heather. No, basically, Heather she walks off. Right. So Lisa's like, "Oh, Seth, Seth, can I hug you, Seth? Seth, is it okay if I hug you? You don't have to, Seth." It's like, okay, you know, it was just crazy. Like, I still don't understand it. And you know, Meredith was devastated. She's, like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, this is blood rage. It wasn't about blood your rage. family. It was just a blood, blood, blood rage. And so it's like, it was hard on me. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm devastated. Uh, yeah. Seth, I don't even know. Uh, look, I'm crying, Seth. Seth, I don't even know why I said those things. Like, I don't feel that way about my death. And I don't feel that way about you. Like, I don't. Like, I don't. I don't, Seth. I don't. And now the choir starts going totally nuts. The choir's going, that's ah! like so high. It's like, ah! So um, <laughs> Meredith is just watching this, and she's like, oh, my God, Seth is talking to Meredith. Whatever. Whatever. So he goes, yeah. And, you know, I was just really surprised by that, Lisa, because that's not the Lisa we know. This behavior, it was so hurtful. She goes, yeah, well, I hope you know. I can't sleep. And John is like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to be okay, John. One Lisa Barlow, two Lisa Barlow, three Lisa Barlow, so many Lisa Barlow sheep. I woke up yesterday to 300,000 Lisa Barlow sheep. So I hadn't slept. So I hadn't slept. <laughs> Why is this happening here? It's been two months. She could have texted me. She could have texted Seth. She could have even texted Brooksy on his Fisher Price cell phone, but she didn't. If you want to talk to me, tell us. But why are you attacking my husband right now while we're trying to have fun and celebrate your husband and also appreciate the finer qualities of jelly, which was just purchased? And Lee says, he's not letting her off the hook. He's like, yeah, none of it really makes, I don't know why you would do that. And she's like, yeah, I understand, Seth. Like, I don't even remember saying those things. Like, and you know what? I did feel hurt, Seth. I did. Like, I understand my death was hurting, but I was hurting too. Like, I'm not making excuses. I was just, it was like a place of heart. It was a place of heart. Heart to heart. Heart to heart. Everyone was saying, that's not your friend. That's not your friend. That's not Diet Coke. It's like hard to know what is true anymore. And I was just like, I was hurting. Like she was hurting, but I was hurting. And we we're all hurting. You know what I'm saying? And I uh, thought that was funny because that was true. And it doesn't let Lisa off the hook, but that is what happened. They were on the way up there in that sprinter van, and everyone's like, but Meredith's not a good friend to you. When are you going to stand up to Meredith? Meredith were. sucks. When are you going to do that? And by the time she got there, Lisa was like, I hate Meredith now. I hate it now. <laughs> I remember being like, what are you even doing? Are you that easily swayed? My God. And the music now on the show, there's like pounding drums. Like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And it's just like Seth being like, yeah, but none of this makes sense to me. Seth, I understand. I don't even remember saying those things. I just, I know I felt hurt. And like, I understand Meredith was hurting. I was hurting too. And you know what? It was just, it it, it was hard. And he's like, but it just seems so hateful. But it wasn't hurt. It wasn't hateful. Even though I don't remember saying it, I can say it wasn't hateful. And it was, it was hurt. I'm human. And I was hurting. And I wasn't and he's hate. Like- was He's her. like, but that rant, that rant you gave, I mean, that's like a meme that's on fucking Etsy posters that people are selling as artwork. You know that, right? So, but it was in a private girl. space. It was private. Like, it was private, so, like, I don't expect you to forgive me in public, but, like, that was private. <laughs> I'm a girl's girl. I have four sisters that I'm responsible for. I have my stuff, too. 
Okay, nobody knows what's going on with me, especially in a private space, because it was a private space where I was going through things, and it wasn't from her, even though I don't remember what I was saying, or remember the entire moment, but I do remember that I didn't say it meanly. So she gets upset and leaves, basically. She's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So then Jen and Meredith and Seth are talking, and Jen's like, oh my god, what was she saying? And he's like, um, I didn't really even understand it. She counted Lisa Barlow's and looked over her head. Oh, Lisa Barlow's sheep. Jesus Christ. Yeah, said something about Diet Coke, sisters, and privacy. I'm not really sure what any of it meant. And Lisa's being, Lisa's all, do I have a problem saying sorry? Never. But do I have a problem taking accountability for my actions or words? Not at all. But at some point, if it's not being heard and the apology isn't being accepted, I have to move on. So now Lisa's going to start blaming Meredith for not accepting Lisa's terrible apologies. So then Seth's like, yeah, but the bad news is I don't think she's accepting accountability or taking accountability. It's like, is it an apology when you excuse the behavior? Um, No. And then we see Lisa leaving and they walk past. I swear to God, it's Mae West. I mean, (laughs) this lady just like in a glitter dress, like kind of leaning on the couch. Come back and see me sometime. (laughs) And that was the end. That was it. Yeah, Yeah. It's the end of Salt Lake City. Fun premiere. Very wow. good. Very good premiere. Well, very exciting stuff. Um, we will be back tomorrow with Southern the Southern Charm season finale. Wow, yeah. there's so much going on right here. So thanks, everyone, for listening and for watching. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Alison King. Ashley Savoni, she don't take no baloney. She's not just a Sheila, she's a Daniela. Itchels. Dana C. Dana Do. Sarah Greenwood, she only uses her power for good. Erin McNicholas, she don't miss no trickleus. Hava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sipped some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. Kristen the Piston Anderson. She's always supplying. It's Kelly Ryan. Megan Berg. You can't have a burger without the Berg. Let's give a kisserino to Lisa Lino. There ain't no problem that Sarah Salvia can't solve ya. The Bay Area Betches, Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. Always the wiser is Allison Weasler. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. Erica, 500 days of summers. She's the queen bee, it's Sarah Lemke. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. Hail the cork master, the master of the cork, it's Jennifer Corcoran. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. Nobody holds a candle to Jamie Kendall. Better do what she says. It's Elva Enriquez. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Can't have a meal without the Emily sides. We want to hang with Liz Lang. Shannon out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kuchar. We love you guys. <laughs>